go deeper. And God has blessed us with some things. He's given us some things that we need, some things that, you know, are part of our lives. And, um, you know, we, we kind of realize that there are things we have and there are possessions that we possess. But as you can see behind me, there are a couple of uh, props behind me. And, and I wanted to put these props up here and, and demonstrate what it is that when God calls us to go deeper, and we put those things that God has given us to fulfill us in essence, we make those things bigger than God, and they kind of keep us from moving forward. So when God calls us to go deeper, we seem to be shackled to these things. And these things are not bad. To have family, fame, position, possession, money. There's nothing wrong with these things. They become bad when those things that have, that God has given us to possess, possess us. All those things that we're supposed to have, have us. So when God says, come deeper, we can't. Because we're shackled to these things. So God says, I need you to stay long. And you say, but my, my honey bunny, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go on a, I gotta go on a date. And there's nothing wrong with a date. Oh, my family. Some of us have cried out and say, God, I need a wife. And then they cry out, take her from me. <laughs> oh, God, you know, we say, God, I need a house. Oh, we need this. Oh, we need that. And we put those things before that. Oh, oh, we come, you know, we begin to worship money. So we work overtime and overtime and overtime to the point where we neglect the most significant thing in our lives. And that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And some of us are there. Some of us have gotten to a point where we're neglecting our relationship with Jesus Christ. So it's hard for us to go deeper and be rooted. But here's what I know in this series. We want you to be rooted because I'm going to let you in on something. Storms are coming. I know you're thinking, wait a minute, it's spring. You know, there are emotional, spiritual storms that come into our lives those things that come along and, and take us to places we said we would never go and do things we said we would never do and stay longer than the invitation said we should stay. So it's important to understand that we need to be rooted in these things. Last week we heard about being rooted in the Word and we invited you to this 30-30 challenge. You know, the song that we played is a song on K-Love. So if you've been listening and can shut off your bachata, your merengue, and your club music, and, you know, you can begin to listen to some Christian music and get something in your soul that will challenge you and provoke you to go to a different place that you've ever been before, I know. I know it's scary. I know it's scary to give up some of the things that we're so used to. You know, the whoopee blanket that you slept with. I hope you're not sleeping with it anymore. The teddy bears that make you feel very comfortable for some of you have teddy bears on your back. Your teddy bear won't speak to you. God is speaking to us. God is calling us to go deeper and be rooted. And that means being rooted, you've got to be still long enough, dig down deep and begin to apply some things in your life that are going to help you. Today I want to talk about being rooted in stewardship. And a lot of times when people hear the word stewardship, they make an assumption that it's about money. It's not. 
really isn't. If you've heard this parable, it's not about money. I want you to realize that I asked someone recently about giving, and the person said, it's giving something that belongs to me to someone else. What about if it didn't belong to you? What about if it belongs to God? then you are supposed to manage it. You are supposed to leverage it for kingdom impact. So for you to think that you're giving something that belongs to you, this is why people argue when this plate is passed around in the church. People want to argue with uh, you know, the pastor's asking for money again. I got to tell you something, that my God has provided me everything I need. So this pastor, our pastorship, who happened to be in California, we don't need your money. Money is an issue of the heart. And we'll see in this parable as we unfold it in a few minutes that it's about where your heart is. We talk about time, talent, and treasure in this place. The three T's that God speaks about on a regular basis. So I don't want you to think that it's about money when I speak to you about stewardship. It's about using what God has given you for his glory. Everybody hear that? Okay. So I don't want you to shut off and say, you know, it's about, you know, it's not about money. Really, it isn't. It's about knowing That your life doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. It all belongs to God. Let's say that together. It all belongs to God. Let's say it again. It all belongs to God. You all pass. You all get a hundred. I wanted to make sure that I'm going to sit because I feel like I'm in my living room. Okay? And uh, you're visiting me, so... um, I feel extremely comfortable with the people that are in this room. And I feel that I can be open and honest in this room. Some people later will say that I was speaking to them. No, God is speaking to you. God wants to work something out in your life. And you've got to let him do it. Because to go deeper means you can't dwell on the surface anymore. Because when the storms come, you're going to be blown away. We won't see you. We won't find you. You'll change your number. How is it when you stop being someone's friend on Facebook? Right? You'll defriend me or you'll defriend us as a church. We won't be able to find you. You'll go into witness protection. That's what happens. But to be rooted in Christ, our actions reveal who we are. And whom's we are. If we belong to Jesus Christ, if God is our Father when He speaks, we hear. And like you heard earlier, sometimes God doesn't speak in a loud voice. He speaks in a small, still voice. And you have to quiet the noise around you to be able to hear Him. You have to stop arguing with Him so that you can hear Him. No, but I want this, and I want that, and, you know, oh, they're always asking for money, and, you know, I just want to do this. I just want to punch in and punch out. I don't want to do anything. Storms are coming. 
They come to us unexpectedly. They show up life on life's terms. That's why it's so important for you to be rooted. For you to go deeper and not allow these things that God has provided you, these possessions, to possess you. Those things we have to have us. And that we realize as the song was sung that our lives belong to him. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18, New Living Translation again, it says this. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. Now, I'm going to read the message. The message is very raw. If you ever want to hear God's word in its rawness, pick up the message Bible. It's by Eugene Peterson, the interpretation. For those of us who still don't understand the thee and the thou's and the ye's and the yo's and what's up, the message kind of comes in and says this. Your life is a journey. You must travel with a deep consciousness of God. It costs God plenty to get you out of that dead end, empty-headed life you grew up in. Is that not too holy, right? Again. Dead end, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood. To be rooted in Christ is to do more than the basic. And some of us here seem to be satisfied with the status quo. You only go so far and no further. Jesus does something to really, you know, like wreck us. Right? When he throws things at us that say the first shall be last and the last shall be first. For those of us who still want to be first in line. And then he goes on to, to, to say things like, you know, um, you know, give of what you have so someone else can be blessed. We had a young man who slept in a cardboard box in that triangle right across from our front doors many years ago. And someone took from their treasure, from their time and their talent, and went and bought him a cup of coffee. Walked across the street and got into that cardboard box, gave him a cup of coffee, and invited him to church. Just as he was, not necessarily dressed, not necessarily smelling good, but it's for those that Christ came. He leveraged his time, talent, and treasure for kingdom impact. That young man came into the church. His life was turned around. He no longer lives in a cardboard box. He became a member of the church, was baptized, now is functioning and working, and his name is written in the book of life, and he is heaven bound, and he still continues to assist in our church. We are supposed to take our resources and use them for the glory of God. To sow seed, to have kingdom impact, to live lives of significance. Some of us are still pursuing position and fame. Some of us uh, are still uh, using uh, our money for things that don't necessarily help anybody else. It's just helping you. I got to tell you, it was a loan. 
It was a loan that God made to you. And you're supposed to manage it. So some of us still argue with God who has given us 100% to bring in 10%. Now, mathematically, I'm not a math genius in this room. That doesn't line up. He's giving you 100% and he says, bring me a mere portion of what I've given you. Some of you are still caught up in a place in which you're saying, I'll give you tomorrow. Tomorrow. You sound like Annie. (laughs) And it's so important for us to realize that tomorrow is not guaranteed as we've seen in this parable. And and I'm not wrestling with this 10%. I'm not fighting with that. I'm not here to argue Old Testament and New Testament because some people say, well, that's Old Testament stuff. Well, let me tell you something. If we're a New Testament church and you want to live in the New Testament, if you lie in the New Testament, you die. Ananias and Sapphira lied and they were struck dead on the spot. Now, the Old Testament was different. I prefer the Old Testament sometimes because when you lie, the ground opened up and swallowed you up. Now, we don't want to go there, but if you want to argue about we're living in the New Testament, lying is lying no matter what testament you use it in. Cheating is cheating no matter. Stealing is stealing no matter where you live. You can live in space and the Bible will go with you. In fact, in time capsules that have been released, they put the Bible in it. So any civilization that is out there that you who still are wondering, they find it, they will find the Bible. Because here's what I know, the Word of God was around before you and I were, and it will be around after you and I are gone. And the Word of God is either going to be honey to your palate to simulate you and nourish you and nurture you, or it's going to be a hammer that will smash your head. And some of us need a hammer. I prefer the Word of God to teach me, to guide me, to lead me in the way that I should go. Amen? Amen. So when we speak about stewardship, I don't want you to think that it's about stewardship. To be rooted in Christ is to do more than the basic. It's an attitude change. The way we think, the way we feel, the way we behave. God calls us not to be better. So if you're in this room thinking you're better, then you have a pride issue. We're different. When the world says go left, we don't go left. We go right. Because that's how he leads us. When the world says to hate, we have to love. When the world says to an eye for an eye, literally, God says, no, you have to love. You have to turn the other cheek. I don't want to turn the other cheek. See, this is why you are where you are, because the word of God speaks, and we don't necessarily hear it. It's coming to the conclusion that it all belongs to God. And that he is sovereign, that he is in control, that he is leading and guiding. And we know that evil exists in this world. This prince of this world wants nothing more than to destroy But even in the midst of destruction, God's love rises up. And we're able to embrace our enemies. And i got to tell you something. That if you're living without God, you are an enemy. And it's so important for you to realize that even in your current state 
of being far from God. He loves you. He wants nothing more than to invite you into a deeper, more rooted relationship. A place where he can nurture and restore and bring healing to those damaged areas in your life. I know some of us have been touched, some of us have been spoken to, some of us have been hurt. Some of us have been treated a particular way and we're still wallowing in self-pity, wondering, you know, how can I get out of this? You're making a mistake. You can't get out of it. Only he can get you out of it. Anytime you try to get out of something, you can sustain it for a little while and you're happy. And then all of a sudden you're back down. You know what that is? Bipolar. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm in my living room, though, so I can talk to you, right? But the reality is that God wants to heal you. He wants to bring you out of that mess. He wants to bring you out of those moments. You know, when we get depressed, we get depressed because we put too much weight on things that can't sustain what we're asking them to do. You're asking them to love you forever and you are unlovable today. It's so important for us to realize some things. I've been married to the same woman for 25 years. And oftentimes she buds out. She does. I, I, I bug out too. You all act like you don't bug out. <laughs> I said we're in my living room. We could talk, right? But, but here's what happened because Jesus is that glue that keeps us together. When she starts to trip and I start to trip, the anchor to our soul is Jesus, so it draws us back. And we don't go to sleep angry. Because I've learned some things too, that she is a daughter of God. And I don't want that father to come to me with a shotgun. <laughs> Get it? So, so I want to treat her right. Now, <laughs> I, I just want you to understand something. That, that at the very center of our lives, if the things we have have us, then we're in trouble. If the things we possess possess us, then when God calls us to go deeper, when God calls us out of the mud and mire of life and says, come into this relationship, not religion, into a relationship where I will love you and your response to that love is that you will love me. Remember that God first loved us. Even when we were yet, when we were far from it, when we were still his enemies, God loved us first. You didn't love God first. Some of you still don't love God. You're showing up to church. You're reading the word. You're trying to pray, but you're still slipping and sliding. Just last night. Okay, I don't want to say that. But just last night. Just last night you blew it. But, but look what God does. He still draws you into this room, to speak into your life and says, I love you. I love you. You still want to do that? You still want to go there? As much as I've done for you, you still want to continue that way? Like, I can imagine God scratching his head and saying, come on. Really? Really? And and here's what a fool is, so that you know. Amen? Amen? A fool in biblical language is not a description of mental ability. Everybody understand that? It's not because, you know, but of spiritual discernment. In the Old Testament language of Psalms and Proverbs, a fool is an individual who makes choices 
as if God doesn't exist. And who lives as if God hasn't spoken. Now Jesus came to bring men to God, not property to man. Like, like, like some of us think, you know, we come into the church and, and God, you got to bless me now. You, you got to give me all those things that I need. Because I got to keep up with the Joneses. And, and that's not what God is saying. God says, I can't give you something because I can't trust you with it. It's a loan. He says, yeah, but I want a wife. I can't trust you with it. Yeah, but I want a husband. I can't trust you with another soul. Are you kidding me? Look at the damage you've done to yourself. I want to give you somebody else so you can damage them? I know. Y'all came to church to hear that, right? But, but, but that's where it's going. So God is saying, okay, I, I, I want to I give you a loan. I want to loan you this. And I want you to take care of it. Right? I want to give you children. And I want you to take care of them and train them up in the way they should go. You saw this. Dedication. Those children are my children. When I ask the congregation to stand up, they become your children. But the parents are responsible for them. And my role and my wife's role is to hold them responsible for how they take care of their children. I'm not there to take care of their children. They have to take care of their children. So God has placed them alone. He says, what are you going to do with them? God has given you a job. God has given you a home. Right? Some of you only clean up your house on Saturdays. And I'm talking about this house. And I'm not talking about a shower. Come on, I'm not saying that. I'm saying in here. There's a cleaning that has to happen. There's a spring cleaning that has to take place in our souls, in our hearts. There, there are things that, as you come to church, get dredged up, right? Pastor speaks, or you hear something, you hear a song, and it begins to stir something inside of you. Some of you sitting right now, probably getting angry with me and can't wait to leave. It's okay. Don't kill the messenger. Receive the message. I'm just being a mouthpiece. That's all I'm trying to be. I'm there with you. Just for today, I'm trying not to kill anybody. Just for today, I'm trying to love more. Just for today, I'm trying to glorify God with my life. Just for today, I'm not thinking about tomorrow. See, a lot of us still struggle with things and we worry about things that we can't do anything about, like our past. Can you do anything about your past? No. Some of us worry about what we're doing today, like we can control today. We can't control today. Control is an illusion. No one in this room wants to be controlled. In fact... I'm going to say a cuss word to most of you, and you're going to probably talk about it later, and say that I cuss in church. But some of you don't want to submit. <laughs> and all the ladies said amen, right? What happened in the 70s? We're crying out loud. Right? But, but this whole submission is to authority. God did not place authority to be abusive. He placed authority to help you understand that he is the ultimate authority so that when he speaks, you're able to listen. When the crossing guard tells you not to cross, why do you cross? When the red light tells you to stop, why do you take it? (laughs) Submission is a big deal for a lot of us. So when we talk about stewardship, it's not about money. You want to do the basic You want to give what you want, when you want to give, and you want to hoard it all up. So what Jesus does is he immediately 
turns the table here. We grow up in a society, right, where acquisition and consumption is a big deal. It's a trouble when consumerism sneaks into the church. And now we become consumers of the Gospels rather than obedient to the Gospel. Right? We want to exchange it for one thing or another. In fact, we want to use it to, to help others get in line, but we won't get in line. And it's so important for you to see that when Jesus comes on the scene, he does something really, really radical. And in the text that I just read, I'm going to go back to it so if it's on the screen, we can see it again. But if it's before you and you're keeping notes, keep in mind that it all belongs to God. Amen? Amen. That it's not yours, it's on loan, and being a steward is that you bring to the Lord what belongs to the Lord already. He knows what you need. And the Bible says that how much more will he provide for you if he already provides for the sparrow, right? I was watching the Discovery Channel the other day, and there's this place in the Serengeti that dries up, and then it rains, right? And it rains, and the wildebeest, which are like these moose-like animals, migrate to drink water in this place. Well, guess who's waiting for them? Lions and crocodiles, and like they make the trip to drink water. But God provides for all those animals. How much more you who are made in the image of God will he provide for you? And he knows what you need. So when you're worrying about the past or the present or the future, your life belongs to God. So when you give your life away, you're saying, okay, God, I need to discover where your leading is. And I need to be obedient and submit to your following. Right? When the temptation comes for us to veer left, that the word of God and the Holy Spirit will bring us back. That some of us in this room, just some of us, a remnant, would realize that you cannot, you cannot do your own thing and then invite God to participate in it. You cannot erect idols and then make God an idolater. That he would worship what you built. I tell the men a lot of times that they're like Bob the Builder. Right? They want to build and build and build and build. But they're not building on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So when the storms of life come, they crumble. And everything falls down and they sit there. Look what happened. Well, the truth of the matter is it wasn't founded on the word of God. You let your emotions get the best of you. How many of us still struggle with a lot of emotions in this room? A lot of us, and, and, I, and I say this wholeheartedly, that emotions are messengers. They reveal an internal belief system about you. When, when you get caught up in your emotions, it reveals something about how you feel about God, how you feel about yourself, and how you feel about others. If God is small, then your circumstances are bigger than he is. If you don't like yourself too much, then you won't be nice to yourself. Or worse, you'll treat yourself. If you don't think too much of others, then you'll continue to berate them and treat them as less than. We're all made in the image of God. 
And God calls us to a deeper, more rooted relationship in which we allow the word of God to speak into our lives. And those things we have shouldn't have us. Those things we possess should not possess us. That in order to go deeper, we have to thank God for what he's provided for us and leverage it for kingdom impact. That's the only way to be able to do it. Amen? In verse 13, it says that someone called from the crowd. Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Now, teacher was not a title that he went around professing. He didn't go around saying, I'm a teacher. But he was teaching them things. He was teaching about forgiveness and love and idolatry and divorce and all those things that he was talking about. So people immediately equated him with a teacher. But the Jewish word for the Hebrew word is rabbi. So immediately they came to call him rabbi because of his teaching. And Jesus does something immediately here. He says, Jesus replied, friend, who made me judge over you to decide such things as that? Now, I want to go back to the first scripture because you have to understand something. This young man came and asked Jesus to decide on his father's estate, his inheritance. Now, if you understand anything about the Levitical law, the Levitical law states that the oldest child gets everything and then divides it with his younger brothers. This guy here was the younger brother. <laughs> he was the younger brother. That's why Jesus said, who made me judge? It's already written. Your older brother's going to look out for you. But Jesus immediately goes to the heart of the matter, which he wants to speak to us today. And make it quite plainly and quite clear. He says this. Beware. God against every kind of greed. There are some greedy people. Not in this church. Some other church. Down the block, around the corner. But God wants to talk to you. Sitting in your seat. He wants to talk to us to guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. And it's so important, and I know, and I can be honest, I'm in my living room with friends. There are some of you who are greedy. There are some of you who need to go home and empty out your closets and begin to give away that clothes, that dress that's not going to fit you no more. You know who I'm talking to. <laughs> okay? Dresses don't fit you no more. It's time to give it away. Right? And guys, just so you know, you have to have muscles to wear muscle shirts. Okay? So you can give those away too. I, I think it's so imperative for us to realize that we all, right? We all have this I, 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 mine, mine, mine. And you see that in this parable where he begins to say, I, 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 I'll build, I'll do this, I'll have more. And then when I'm done, I'll sit down and I go, let me eat, drink, and be merry. And it's at that moment that God knocks on the door and says, you fool. You missed it. It's not yours. It's mine. I've loaned it to you. A lot of us in this room have issues with trust. And the reason we have issues with trust is because we're not too trustworthy. Some of us have been unfaithful, so we think that everybody else is unfaithful. Listen to me. God is faithful. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever and ever and ever. He's not going to change. He's not going to go along with the stuff that you're doing. He's not going to go along with your activities and your behavior. God loves you. 
wants to meet you where you are, but doesn't want you to stay there. In fact, it says, when I was a child, I played with childish things, right? When I grew up, I'm paraphrasing, I put away those things. Listen to me. We are all children, but it's time for us to mature. It's time for us to grow up. I mean, you're 50, 60 years old, and you're still playing video games. Still playing video games, trying to beat Call of Duty. I don't, I don't get it. I know, some of you are not liking that right now. Think about how much money you poured into video games. Right? No, nobody want to talk about that. But you want to argue with the 10%. You want to argue with the 10%. You got a whole rack full of video. You got me started. I can't go there. Let me come on back. He wants to build these things and he erects all these things. But just keep in mind that a fool makes choices as if God doesn't exist. Listen to me. I don't know where you are today. I don't even know if you're an atheist in this room and somebody invited you. That's cool. You're here. But the atheist wants to justify their lifestyle. Because if God exists to them, then they got to answer to God. And some of us don't want to answer to God. We want to do what we want to do, what we want to do, and how we want to do it for as long as we want to do it. And we don't want nobody to tell us anything about it. And that's why we erect this idol or this Religion that allows us to do what we want when we want to. I got to tell you, there is a God. And first and foremost, God loves you. And he draws you into a deeper relationship. He wants you to be rooted because, again, it all belongs to God. There are storms that are coming that you won't be able to withstand unless you are rooted in Christ Jesus. It's just going to blow you somewhere you don't want to go. And, and you're going to be, you know, just wobbling because you won't be able to sustain what's going on. Death happens. Broken relationships. Health is affected. All these things happen. It all belongs to God, doesn't it? And to be a good steward is to manage what he has given you. To love those things that he has given you, but do not make them more important than your relationship with Christ. I'm going to ask the team to come forward. We're going to close this service the way we started it. By worshiping God, but really singing this song as you commit to giving your life away. Because, listen to me, your life is not your own. It doesn't belong to you. What you have shouldn't have you. In the Bible, there is a story about the widow who gave two mics. Anybody read that story? There was a situation in which the widow gave two mics. Two mics is like two pennies. And this other guy gave him a surplus, right? He might have invested his money in all kinds of things. So he had more money than anybody else did. So it didn't affect him too much. And this widow came forward and she gave two mites, two pennies. And Jesus said, who do you think gave the most? And Jesus turned around and said, the widow who gave two mites gave the most because she gave from a heart that wanted to give back.
You see, in the Bible, it talked about establishing a fund for the widows and the orphans. And she benefited from that fund. She was a widow. And all she wanted to do was to keep that fund flowing. So that someone else can receive the benefit that she received at one time. Imagine if the widow stopped giving. Imagine if we stop giving to a cause or a movement. What happens to it? I got to tell you something. God is going to do what he's going to do, but you will not get the benefit of it. God has loaned it to you. He has provided for you. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just know that it all belongs to God. So I pray first and foremost that you have to understand that God wants you. He knows that if he gets you, he'll get your gift and your service. But if you allow those things to have you, then they'll have you. And when they run out, then you're going to want God. So he says, come as you are. Turn your life over to me. Give your life away because it's not yours. It's mine. Amen.